So welcome back. Day three to this introductory journey into conversations with money. Hopefully you have been sitting with that initial conversation that you had yesterday. A lot of times I like to tell people it's like going out on a first date, right? It's slightly awkward. It's fascinating, intimidating. It can be all these different things, exciting, but it's the first date of many because no matter how we cut it, we are, again, like I said before, all in relationship with money. It's kind of like an arranged marriage. So hopefully you learn some tools that it makes it really pleasurable along the way because it can actually be an amazing journey. So today I want to read to you two client conversations with money. I find it to be really illuminative uh, when we look at and listen to other people's conversations with money, it tends to normalize a lot of things that we're feeling inside. So that is one of the things that I love to do is just share people's conversations with money because I feel like people tend to resonate in many different angles. So we have two, you know, one's more challenging than the other. And that I see that all the time, right? Each one's different. No two conversations are alike and no two times that you sit down to a cushion or you're going to say the same thing. So the first one is uh, by Martin. So this was back in 2009. Martin owns his own business. And we were working together and he said, Money, I want you. I am afraid of you. I'm afraid you will change me and I won't be the same. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't understand you. I don't understand the grip you have over me. I don't understand why you don't like me. I don't understand why I don't have the ability to draw you close and draw more of you. You represent security and I'm tired of feeling insecure. I'm a nice person. You should want me around, but you're toxic. I want to get rid of you as soon as possible. I can buy friendship with you. I can buy love with you. If you're around, it means that you love me. And if someone gives you to me, it means they love me too. I'm afraid that if you count on you, there'll be less of you. I'm afraid that if I count you, I'll find out that I don't have what I think I have. But you know, in the end, there will always be enough of you because you were given to me by my mother. Here's money's response. So Martin, I'm not as important as you think I am. You have always had the ability to acquire me. You're a businessman. You are very conflicted about me, though, and so you remain afraid of me. You can't handle me every time I come in, so you give me away, and you think that's an act of love. I represent love to you, and if someone doesn't give me to you, then you feel that they don't love you, and earning me doesn't feel as good as getting it from someone else. You like to give me away to others? You're wasteful. You waste me and you don't understand me. So I threw in this question for money and I said, money, what does Martin not understand about you? Money's response. He doesn't understand what I represent, that you are okay without me. You need less of me than you think you do. People will love you without me. People who love you if you had more of me are not the kind of people you went around. You know, everyone wants security and that's okay but you are okay without me. Martin was pretty dumbfounded by that response. And his response to money was, wow, money, thank you for teaching me that lesson. I welcome it. 
Right. So that was a really interesting conversations with money that I was able to witness and just saw Martin work through some deep insecurities and some deep attachments to love and money. If there's this codependency that he was living out and I see that a lot, actually, there's a lot of codependency between love, money and value and worth. But he was able to start to unwind that through that conversation. Here's another one that wasn't so clean cut. And I want to put this here because there's no expectation that this is clean cut, that one conversation resolves it all. I mean, we all know that relationships take work and sometimes it takes years of sitting down on the cushion, having heart to hearts before things begin to resolve themselves. So I really want to be transparent about that. So this is Carol. And this is Carol's first words to money. Money, you and I have a complicated relationship. I need you. I want you. I hate you. I love you. You're not enough. I have to hide you. I feel like the gifts I have are not given and valued reciprocally in this world. I use you unwisely at times. But when I've needed you, you haven't shown up. When you've been promised to me, you haven't been there. I resent you. I'd rather have nothing to do with you. Your reflection has nothing to do with my worth. I would really like for you to disappear. I need so much of you right now. I have no idea how I'm going to get it. I've had enough. And that's it. You and I don't know each other very well. I feel like you're deceptive. You use people. You feed into their weaknesses. You advertise their weakness. You're used by people to go further into debt by leveraging their own psyche. You bring people a lot of pain and sadness. I wish we could be friends. I wish I could know how to use you better. I'd like to have a better relationship, but I feel like you're a thorn in my side. You restrict and limit my possibilities. When I really spread my wings and fly, I don't see you supporting that. And that makes me sad. So here's Money's response. Wow, Carol. That's a lot of stuff. Right? Why don't you take time to think of how you use me, though? I'm not here to have your back and make you feel loved. I'm really only money. Why do you use me to buy things that you don't need? I need you to learn to make some good choices. You have a lot of me at times. You've done some great things with me, but you've also done some unwise things with me. And right now you actually do know what to do. You have so much possibility to make more of me. So make a plan and follow through. Don't harbor all those feelings towards me. You have this nagging feeling of lack. Why is that? What is the lack really about? I can't heal that. You really have to heal that. And here was Carol's response. I still don't trust you, money. Actually, I don't even trust myself. I don't like you. I don't like it. I don't like what you just told me. And I have no idea how to hear beyond the mistrust and the betrayal. And the conversation ended there. You know, and those were one of those moments where, you know, as a practitioner in the room, I could hear so much possibility between what was being said, but the two people, you know, money and Carol were missing each other. And so it took many, many more sessions to actually get them to be listening to each other. 
because there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And over time, Carol was able to see that that story of lack started a long time ago when she was a little girl. And she had not been able to shake it. In fact, all of her mistakes with money just kept on re-emphasizing this feeling of lack that had started more from a parent. And so at the end of it, though, she found freedom. And not so much financial freedom in the sense of coming into riches that just totally transformed her financial world, but she found freedom from the anger and she found freedom from the resentment. And when that was lifted, she was able to make better decisions and she was actually able to keep money home, which is another way of saying she was actually able to keep on to her savings so that when she faced the ebbs and flows of life, she didn't feel so insecure and betrayed. She was actually starting to protect herself. And that was huge. So take these two examples, you know, and reflect on your own conversation that you had yesterday. And start to see the possibility of richness that is at your fingertips every time you sit down and you have a heart-to-heart to money. You know, sit down and tell money your biggest money woos and your traumas and your wounds and your heartbreak and start to see what money has to say in return. So we're going to end this journey here. Like I said, there's, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to send you one more bonus podcast tomorrow and tell you a little bit more of, you know, if this piqued your attention and you want to dive into a conversation with money and you need some help, by all means, join me. If you got what you needed and you know how to do this tool, run with it. You know, by all means, take it, teach it, do it, implement, share it with your friends. But my goal here, no matter how you want to do it, is for you to walk away knowing how to have a conversation with money. Speak to money often, every day, even if it's just a brief hello. Give money a home in your home, right? If you were to walk into my home, you would see a ton of money little homes, little altars, right? I have a $20 bill that I've been talking to. I have a $50 bill over there. I have a penny collage that I did with my daughter years ago. They're all scattered around my home, just like family portraits. And throughout my day, I just literally touch money and I say, hello. I start my day with a longer conversation, but I've built it into my routine that I just say hello. So from these three days, walk away knowing you are in conversation with money. You are in relationship with money. And in that relationship, there is a wealth of knowledge, input, teaching, compassion, and it's all at your fingertips. This is how you start to live a wealthy life. So take it and run with it. Happy conversing with money and tell me how it goes. Take care.